So this patient has now been stabilized and diaries successfully over the next 48 hours in your CCU. A repeat echo does confirm severe aortic stenosis with a preserved LV function. Please describe any treatment options that you would now discuss with this patient. Okay. So he's an 84-year-old gentleman who's coming with uh, decompensated uh, aortic stenosis and he's got an echo that confirms preserved LV function but uh, and still severe aortic stenosis. Before I go in to discuss with the patient, I'd probably like to gather a bit more information. Um, so I'd like to understand and just clarify his medical comorbidities, any expressions or, or preferences that he's made in the past in terms of what kind of care he'd like, whether this is completely brand new aortic stenosis or whether it's been discussed in outpatient clinic before uh, and what has been discussed both from the cardiology team and from the surgical teams. Uh, and also just try and get an understanding before I as a registrar go and speak to him, uh, try and get an understanding just from amongst our team, including our consultant, what direction we think this gentleman uh, is likely to go in uh, before I go and talk to him about the various options that may be on the table for him. Um, and one of the things that I'd like to clarify before that is also having a closer look at his echo uh, to understand the state of his right ventricle as well, because that would be very important when thinking about uh, what options are and aren't available to him in terms of uh, cardiothoracic surgery. Um, so with this gentleman, the options available for spherotic stenosis are conservative, I manage medically, uh, and then there's uh, trans uh, aortic valve implantation, so TAVI, uh, balloon, uh, a balloon valve aplasty, uh, which is uh, more conservative and uh, only really a temporary, uh, likely a temporary measure, and finally open heart surgery um, with a metallic uh, or bioprosthetic valve. This is, uh, these are the options, but that decision about what he would be offered and what would be best for him wouldn't be made by me, but it would be made uh, by the heart team in conjunction with the, the cardiothoracic team, the cardiology team, including the TAVI nurses, um, the anaesthetists, um, and potentially vascular surgeons as well, when thinking about the vascular access sites. Um, other important factors that will play into this are, of course, the patient's uh, comorbidities and the patient's wishes and wants, um, and that of his family. Um, so those those are the really treatment options that I would talk to the patient about once I had the information uh, at hand to know what would be open and appropriate for him. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's say you're going down the route of a TAVI, and that's what the opinion of the heart team is. Um, what tests would you want to consider doing uh, prior to that uh, procedure or before going any further? So I think prior to going forward to the TAVI, there are a number of things need to, need, need to be done. One, um, CT, a CT TAVI, uh, which looks at um, the size of the valve and the size of the valve that may be needed. Um, it looks at the how much calcium is also around the valve to give the operators an idea of the difficulties of impl implantation. It also gives an idea of the femoral access sites, whether there's likely to be any problems uh, with femoral access, because I think quite wide bore access is needed. Um, other investigations, uh, and it also 
finally we'll look at the coronary anatomy so the proximal coronary uh, arteries as well to give the operators an idea of whether further coronary assessment is needed uh, or, 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 what, or what might need to be done for the, coron for the coronary um, for any coronary stenosis. Secondly, uh, an ECG um, because uh, a tabby, tabby implantation can affect the AV node uh, as, and the, particularly the left bundle. So uh, you do need to be aware of if the patient has any coexisting uh, conduction disease, especially right bundle branch block, um, because in right bundle branch block and TAVI, uh, these patients sometimes or often actually have a, uh, a prophylactic pacemaker inserted. Um, and finally, uh, beyond understanding of just apart from those, those tests, uh, plus minus coronary angiogram on the basis of the CT TAVI, uh, and also just understanding what medications the patient's on. Um, to, to make sure that you're as optimized as possible prior to the procedure uh, in terms of stopping blood thinners uh, and the like. Okay, fine. Um, and so the patient asks you what the major risks and dangers are associated uh, with this procedure. What would you tell him? So, um, so what's not a procedure? Um, I obviously uh, do myself. I'd say that the main risks that to be aware of are um, the more common more common risks are to do with access sites, so uh, groin hematomas uh, and vascular complications at the site of the groin, and they're more common but more manageable. And then the more serious, but rarer um, complication in the realms of uh, one to two percent would be things such as uh, stroke, heart attack, um, cardiac. Card cardiac arrhythmias, uh, tamponade, uh, and ultimately, ultimately death. Uh, and then in a completely separate uh, risk profile is the need for a cardiac pacemaker, which is dependent upon what his ECG, uh, what pre-TAVI ECG shows. Uh, but there's always a risk of needing a pacemaker uh, afterwards um, as well. So those are the things that I'll talk about. But I would also caveat that by just saying to the patient that someone from the TAVI team can go through these and we'll, we'll go through these in more detail with him of course prior to the procedure this is more just a flavor of the complications great thank you thanks